Chapter Seventeen of the Red Cross Girls with Pershing to Victory by Margaret Vandercook. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Faith and Unfaith. Within the next weeks, Major Jimmy Hersey found himself much less lonely than during the earlier part of his stay in the occupied city of Koblenz. Of late, a pleasant friendship had been developing between the young Countess Charlotta and himself after her too lengthy walk bianca zoli had been ill and not able to spend as much time with her new friend as she formerly had at first charlotta had been inconsolable blaming herself for bianca's breakdown and refusing to amuse herself in any of her accustomed ways but with the arrival of spring it became impossible for her to remain indoors especially as she was only permitted to see bianca for a few moments each day it was not that dr and mrs clark particularly blamed charlotta bianca being entirely responsible for her own actions moreover dr clark did not believe that any one exhausting experience had been the cause of bianca's illness but an accumulating number of them especially her presence in chateau thierry under such strange conditions during one of the final battles of the war yet it was bianca's breakdown which was the beginning of a relation approaching friendship between the young united states officer and the countess charlotta sharon as bianca had been in a nearly fainting condition when she was brought finally to the american red cross hospital naturally major hersey called there the next day to inquire for her by chance as charlotta had haunted the hospital all day she and miss pringle were leaving the moment major hersey arrived as his inquiry occupied only a short time he was able to overtake the young girl and her chaperone before they had gotten any distance away i don't know what we should have done if you had not been riding horseback yesterday major hersey charlotta declared i don't believe bianca could possibly have walked back or waited very long while we tried to find a vehicle i'm afraid too that i actually enjoyed my own ride even under such circumstances you cannot realize how much i have missed riding in these last weeks i think until my accident or whatever one may choose to call it i had been on horseback every day of life from the time i was five years old i am envious of you do you suppose it would be possible for me to get hold of a horse in koblenz which i could use any kind of horse will be better than none ordinarily jimmy hersey was shy finding it difficult to talk to young women or girls without embarrassment yet one could scarcely be shy with the countess charlotta she was so frank and direct herself and so free from any affectation i don't know i expect it would be hard work to find a woman's riding horse in koblenz these days the horses that were any good were requisitioned for the german cavalry but there is just a chance that i may be able to borrow one of our own american horses for you occasionally i can't promise of course but it would be jolly if you could ride with me i should love it the countess charlotta answered but i suppose we ought to have someone else with us it won't do under the circumstances for us to ride alone major hersey added during this speech the young officer colored slightly since it was not among his usual duties to chaperone a girl however he knew what was fitting and intended that the conventions should be obeyed glancing toward him the little countess was about to demur insisting that although of course it might be advisable to have an escort nevertheless she did not wish to be deprived of opportunities to ride for such a reason 
However, observing Major Jimmy's expression rather surprisingly, she remained silent. In spite of his boyish appearance, his gentle brown eyes, and sometimes almost diffident manner, there was a firmness in his mouth and chin which few persons ever misunderstood. It was during one of their afternoon rides together, about ten days later, when they were accompanied by Sergeant Donald Hackett and Nora Jamison, that unexpectedly Charlotta turned to her escort. "'You don't approve of my having come away from home in the way that I did, do you, Major Hersey?' oh i know you have never said anything of course since you do not consider that we know each other sufficiently well to discuss personalities yet just the same you do disapprove of me jimmy hersey shook his head certainly i do not disapprove of you then he flushed and laughed may i say instead that i approve of you highly you don't mind my being a little complimentary oh if you mean to be flattering me you need not think i am not pleased but what i meant was that you do not approve of my action please answer me truthfully i shall not be offended after all you see i am asking you the question so you cannot be blamed for telling me the truth still the young american officer hesitated well countess charlotta you must always remember that i am a soldier and that in so far as possible i try to live up to a soldier's ideals one of them is to face the music never to run away but there that seems an extremely impolite thing for me to have said you know how glad i am personally that you did come to coblenz to the latter part of major hersey's remark charlotta apparently paid no attention she dropped her chin for a moment and stared straight ahead of her this afternoon she was wearing a brown corduroy riding habit and brown leather boots and a close-fitting corduroy riding hat her father had not been so obdurate that he had not sent charlotta a large trunk of her clothes soon after he learned of her safe arrival in coblenz you mean to say as kindly as possible that you think i am a coward she returned finally that is what mrs clark thinks also only she has not said so i suppose because i have never asked her sometimes i have wondered since my arrival in coblenz if i should go back home and ask my father's forgiveness making him understand that i shall never marry any one for whom i do not care but my problem is would he accept an apology which did not include obedience you see that is what my new american friends cannot understand in my father's and my attitude to each other besides i do so want to go to the united states when mrs clark and bianca and several of her red cross nurses return home mrs clark tells me that she and dr clark only intend remaining in coblenz until after the germans have signed the treaty of peace dr clark then feels that he must go back to his new york city practice and be relieved by a younger man three or four of the american red cross nurses will be sailing at the same time you simply cannot guess how i long to travel think of being as restless a person as i am and shut up in a tiny country like luxembourg i have never been anywhere else except just into germany in all my life hard luck of course and you would enjoy the united states you are just the kind of girl to appreciate it you must do what you think is right yourself since after all another fellow's judgment is not worth much major hersey replied not altogether pleased with the idea of his new friends vanishing from coblenz when his own duties might keep him there an indefinite time later that afternoon at about dusk on his way toward home major james hersey was considering a number of matters somewhat seriously 
he was a united states officer with nothing to live upon save his pay up to the present his one desire had been to continue to serve his country in germany at this time there was a good deal of intensely bitter feeling with the delay in the presentation of the peace terms a less friendly attitude toward america and the americans was developing than during the weeks first following the german defeat in the interior the poorer people were said to be hungry more weary and anxious to resume their normal business life in koblenz there was a special dissatisfaction with the present german government koblenz having been a centre of pan-germanism and pro-kaiserism carefully concealed as such ideas were supposed to be from the members of the american army of occupation there were united states officers who appreciated that there were groups of prominent germans at this time desiring the return of the kaiser and some form of monarchical control it was not known in march that the kaiser might be tried by an international court quietly major hersey had been informed that the united states secret service was endeavoring to discover the men who had been the kaiser's closest friends in koblenz before his inglorious departure into holland there were still major jimmy reflected many interesting ways to serve one's country even if the great war were past this afternoon it struck him that this might become more of a sacrifice than he had anticipated but notwithstanding his country must always remain first at the threshold of his own door he stopped slightly puzzled someone was already in his sitting-room which was unusual at this hour his rooms were cleaned in the morning and he was seldom interrupted afterwards either by a servant or any member of the household but probably a fellow officer had dropped in to see him and was awaiting his return suddenly with this idea in mind major hersey thrust his door open then he stood stock still in a slightly apologetic attitude his room was occupied and by the head of the german household in which he was at present living colonel lederman major hersey had not come into contact with him but once since his own arrival in koblenz several months before the old german colonel wearing civilian clothes was standing examining an american rifle which the young american army officer had carelessly left propped up against the wall in one corner of his room the older man wheeled sharply at the younger one's entrance colonel lederman had the typical german face broad with heavy overhanging brows small stern blue eyes and drooping jaws his face reddened at the present moment but he said courteously i owe you an apology for entering your room when you were not present i came to ask you if you would do me the favor of permitting me to look over some of your american newspapers germany is not being informed of all that is taking place in the world these days and i should like very much to know but it is not for myself alone that i make this request i am an old man and may not live long enough to see the new germany if it is ever possible for germany to arise out of the ashes of the past but my son as you know has never recovered from his last and most serious wound to lie always in bed after so active a life grows exceedingly irksome i find it difficult to keep him even fairly content it was for him i was asking the loan of your newspapers i presume the fact that we have so recently been enemies will not preclude your doing me this kindness if so i regret my intrusion a little overcome by the old german officer's haughty manner and set speech major jimmy only murmured that he would be very glad of course to permit his american newspapers to be read 
if Colonel Lederman and his son did not feel that they would too greatly resent the American point of view. As he made the statement, although not pleased by the German officer's request, Major Hersey was searching diligently for the latest bundle of American papers which he had received. As he handed them to the former German colonel, the old officer said, speaking in a more human fashion, I was interested in looking at this American rifle of yours. Naturally, as an old soldier, I remain interested in firearms, although I shall not live to see another war, however little I believe in a permanent world peace. Clever piece of mechanism. I am told the American rifle is the finest in the world. Not feeling called upon to reply to this speech, and anxious that the old officer should depart, Major Hersey made no response. A little later, when he had finally gone, with an unusual expression upon his boyish countenance, Major Jimmy Hersey sank down into his armchair. Was it singular that one could not recover from the sensation of acute distrust in the presence of a German? Among them there must be certain individuals who were truthful and straightforward. Yet, after a century of training that the end justifies the means, among German army officers one could not expect to find any other standard than the standard which regarded the Treaty of Belgium as a scrap of paper. Betray any friend, any cause, any country to accomplish one's purpose. And tonight, although a member of Colonel Lederman's household, Major Jimmy Hersey knew he would always remain their foe, no matter with what appearance of courtesy he might be treated. It was an actual fact that never since his casual conversation with little Gretchen, the baby of the family, had he the same sense of untroubled serenity in the midst of this German military home. Was it true that Captain Ludwig Liedermann was still unable to move from his bed? If so, why had little Gretchen told so ingenious a falsehood? One could scarcely expect a little girl of six to make up so useless a story. But if Captain Lederman were well, why should he continue to make a pretense of illness? There were no penalties attached to the fact that he had been a German officer. Could it be possible that he so intensely disliked the idea of coming into contact with the troops General Pershing had led to victory that he preferred invalidism to this other form of martyrdom? There was just one point upon which Major Jimmy Hersey was able to make up his mind during this one evening's meditation. He would suggest to Miss Jameson that she make no more visits to the Liederman home. He had been surprised to find her returning not once, but several times of late. She must understand that the Red Cross nurses were not supposed to make friends with the families of Germans until after peace was declared. The little Freya had not been seriously hurt, having entirely recovered from her fright and injury by the next day. Nevertheless, Miss Jameson had made not one, but four or five other calls since her introduction to Frau Liedermann. Of course, as he knew Miss Jameson but slightly, advice from him might prove embarrassing. She was, in reality, more Hackett's friend than his, although Sergeant Hackett would deny this fact. He had tried being friendly with Nora Jameson, as she attracted him, but she did not seem to care for other interests than her Red Cross nursing and the children who surrounded her like tiny golden bees about a honeypot. Her ride this afternoon had been her one concession. However, after reaching the Red Cross Hospital, she had said it would be impossible for her to ride again, although she had greatly enjoyed it. 
in the future nursing and other work she had recently undertaken would occupy all her time it might be difficult to see nora jamison alone in order to warn her against any too great intimacy with the lederman family yet as a fellow american major hersey intended making the effort he would watch and if she came again to the lederman house join her on her way back to the american red cross hospital End of chapter 17 Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson